Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. I've got a strange message for you today, Um, and this message uh, actually... Uh, the Lord gave me this message about two years ago, and uh, so some of you may have heard me speak on this before or remember some of the stories. It's a lot of stories. I'll go ahead and say that too. Uh, sometimes when the Lord just uh, speaks to me straight on, um, I, you know, I'm not reading anything or hearing anyone else speak where I get an idea or a thought, a lot of times it's through stories. I, I start having I start remembering a lot of weird stuff that's happened in my life, and I just now, and then I just start piecing them together. I don't know why it uh, works that way, but it seems to work that way for me quite a bit. So um, I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15, and uh, from the New King James, and it says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in this place, God. We just honor you. We want to honor you with all that we are, God. And we just ask your blessing upon this message and upon your people, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, the title of my talk is, What's That Smell? All right. And um, in church, we talk a lot about, uh, we talk a lot about what we see. We talk about seeing miracles. We talk about seeing the altars filled with people. We talk about seeing, uh, uh, seeing people in worship. We talk about seeing the, the goodness of God and the acts of God. Uh, we talk a lot about what we hear, about hearing God's voice, about being sensitive to hearing the Holy Spirit speak to us. Um, we talk about uh, hearing the word. We talk about all the, hearing people's testimonies. And we talk an awful lot in, uh, about what we feel about feeling the presence of God, feeling the unction of the Holy Spirit, feeling love, feeling joy. Um, but I want to talk today about smells. And uh, I think this is important too. And like I said, I know it sounds strange because it is. But uh, I'm going to try my best to give you some things to think about today. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get into it. We're going to talk about smells a little bit. Um, Different types of smells can cause different types of reactions out of us, okay? Nobody looking around and anybody sitting next to you, especially wives looking at husbands. Or I saw, I've already seen one husband looking at a wife. I'm not going to look out so they don't know. But, but there's something about when you smell something that smells good, we start saying, hmm, what, we like pick our head up like we can smell it better or something when we do that. But you, you know the thing, you know, mm, what's that smell? When something doesn't smell good, we cover our noses, we put our heads down, and we're saying, oh my goodness, what is that smell? 
and we've all done it. We all know how it is. And see, uh, the sense of smell is powerful, but it's often overlooked spiritually. So, so these stories and things I'm going to tell, it's in the physical, but it all relates to the spiritual and the, the fragrance that we're giving off. Uh, I heard when um, on the radio when COVID-19, when they'd finally let us out of our houses, that they said that um, chewing gum sales had gone through the roof. And when they, uh, the reason behind it was because people were wear, we had to wear masks everywhere we went, and people were actually realizing how bad their own breath was. So they had started uh, chewing more gum, and the sales went up. Uh, they don't mind when they're fogging you out, but they didn't want to do it to themselves, I guess. But I don't know if that was, I don't know how accurate that, I mean, the gum sales did go way up. But I don't know how accurate that was because I don't, every time I tried to chew gum, it was like the mint blew in my eyes when I was uh, breathing through my mask and make my eyes water. So I had the opposite effect. So uh, anyways, but so they, they knew that they had to do something about it. So I wonder what would happen if we were all wearing a spiritual mask today and we were able to smell the fragrance of the words that were coming out of our mouths. I wonder, would we be trying to, pop some spiritual bubble gum in there to, uh, to help out with that. You see, our words are important. Our words are important and they're, they're powerful. They give off a fragrance too. But we're going to get back to smells. Uh, have you ever um, described a smell to someone using other things, uh, using other smells, and like when they actually smell what you're talking about, you know, they had this certain look on their face. Like they actually, I don't know why, but they can't believe that you nailed it in your description. They just look at you like their eyes get huge. Well, I had uh, a friend of mine, well, actually my cousin's husband, Chris. Uh, he was, he's a professor at ECU now, but he was a high school teacher um, years ago. And so during the summers, he would work with me doing pest control for about two summers. And uh, he's, he's a doctor, uh, got his doctorate now, but when he worked with me, he couldn't remember to put the lid on the bottles. Every time we would get in the truck after him, there was all the chemical bottles and none of the lids were on them, which would have got us in trouble, but I had to go behind him all the time. But he's riding with me one day, and I'm, we're going to do his very first uh, German roach infestation job. And so I'm telling him all about it, and I'm describing what we're going to have to do and what you know, how it's going to, how everything's going to go, and, I'm, and about uh, trying to find the infestation. And I tell him, I said, well, you know, if it's a really bad infestation, it's not going to be that hard. We'll be able to smell them when we walk in the door. He said, what are you talking about? They give off an odor. I said, yeah, there's a very distinct odor. And uh, he, um, he says, well, what does it smell like? I said, well, it kind of smells like a really bad body odor smell from a locker room like an old musty locker room that needs to be cleaned and that just that smell where sweaty guys have been going in there. And uh, he's laughing, thinking I'm joking. And uh, I, I said, I'm serious. And he, I keep, he don't believe me. I don't know why. I guess I'd play too many jokes, so he wouldn't believe anything I said. So we get to the house, and it's actually the perfect house for me to mess with Chris and to uh, show him what I was talking about because uh, the kitchen was way away from the rest of the, the house, so the people couldn't see or hear us. And so Chris was actually training to, for a bodybuilding competition at this time. So he was kind of all jacked up with muscles. And uh, 
I get there and I find an infestation right away and I say, hey, Chris, come to this cabinet. When I crack this door open, I want you to put your head in the door and take a big whiff. And uh, he trusted me and he did it. And as soon as he did it, he turned around with that look on his face. His eyes were huge. He said, oh, my goodness, it smells exactly like what you said. And so now it's time to have the fun with him. I said, yeah. I said, well, check this cabinet out. So he puts his head in that cabinet to take a whiff, and I just tickled the back of his ear with my finger. And all of his muscles disappeared instantly as he squirmed and slapped because he thought that giant roach was going to kill him. But, but we would use our, use our sense of smell and pest control all the time. Um, another pest, uh, some ants, you can identify them by their smell. And uh, same thing, people, would, they would call, there's, there's an ant called an odorous house ant. And sometimes you have a hard time distinguishing them between black ants and Argentine ants. And there's different, there's other ants that are a little easier, like the acrobat ant. There's a bunch of them. And when you go to a class, these guys will be taking notes in, this cla in the classes. And they would always frustrate me and dad because they always asked questions at the end. It meant we had to stay longer. But they would... They would take all these notes because they would tell you how to, to, to tell which ant is which. Oh, this ant, the antenna are turned this way. This ant, I mean, like crazy stuff on ants. And uh, all you had to do really is see odorous house ants were dangerous if you didn't treat them correctly because they don't have to go outside. That's why they're called a house ant. They can get in your walls, and if you go spraying, you just spread them. You don't kill them. You've got to make sure you handle them the right way. So they would call me on the phone, or if I'm with a new guy training them, I would, he would say, uh, how do I tell what they are? I said, easy. I'd pick up the ant and crush it and stick it under his nose. And then he would smell it. And I would say, they're called odor's house ant for a reason. They give off an odor if you crush them. If there's no odor, it's not odor's house ants. Have fun spraying. Spray away. But if it is, you better not spray anything or you'll have a mess. And so we would use it over and over for, for different things. Um, I, got a, I had to go to Floor McDonald. Is that school still open? I guess not. Nobody's ever. <laughs> it's a school in Red Springs. I got sent there by my manager. And, and uh, so sometimes, the point of this, sometimes you can't go by sight. You can't go by what you feel. You can't go by things like that. And we focus so much on those, we forget about what fragrance are we giving off unto God. And so I go into this, they, uh, the manager's daughter goes to that school and he says, hey, uh, I was only like 19, 18, 19 years old. He said, I need you to go uh, to the school because they've seen a couple water bugs. And so I'd go in there and I don't like to go in anywhere and just start spraying, especially where kids are involved. I usually ask a lot of questions. So I walk in with just a flashlight, which they didn't act happy about that. I, was, I guess they wanted me to spray. And I look around and ask some questions and... Uh, they tell me where they've seen a problem, and that doesn't sound like water bugs. And so I look around, and I, I see something in a spider web, and I was like, that's not a water bug. And the only way I'm going to be able to check this area, because it's on their food area and where their, where their refrigerators are, is to get flat on my back on the ground. I don't like to do that. Not in a kitchen. So I decide I'm going to do the sniff test. And they thought I was crazy because they were watching me. And I'm going around to these coolers and I'm just like. <laughs> and they just kept looking at me like this guy does not know how to kill a bug. He's lost his mind. But I get to where the milk's at for the cereal. 
and uh, I didn't get, I didn't even have to breathe all the way in. It was like bingo. So I lay down on my back there, and sure enough, I found a German roach infestation under there. Uh, they didn't think I was such a bad bug guy after that. They actually uh, trusted me. But I got rid of the issue, but the manager was was upset that they hadn't called him sooner. But see, I, I used it. I knew where they were, and I was able to find them because of the scent that they gave off. See, what scent are we giving off spiritually? Will people know who we are? Will they know that you're a Christian by the scent that you're giving off spiritually? Would they, would they know that you're a person who believes in God? 2 Corinthians 2.15 says that we are, or at least we should be, to God the fragrance of Christ. Are we doing that? The King James Version says that we're unto God a sweet savor of Christ, or we're a, a sweet smell of Christ. So what's that smell in your life today, and in, in, in my life? What scent are we giving off spiritually? Do we smell like we should, or do we smell more like garbage and death of the world? So I want you to think about what things are attracted to the smell of dead things. What things are attracted to uh, garbage? I know, but I used to have to treat dumpsters too. It wasn't fun because there's rats, flies, maggots, buzzards. I didn't ever have to treat them. But all kind of scavengers, rodents, you name it. They're there. They go, they go after those things immediately. They're attracted to it. Demons are the same way in the spiritual. They're attracted to the rotten smell of death and garbage that's in our lives. They're attracted to the rotten smell of our attitudes, uh, to the smell of always being offended, for the smell of always playing the victim and always being filled with bitterness. And those things lead to even more terrible smells that attracts, uh, tr attracts things like that, like our rotten words, the smell of our, our, our actions of always being critical of everything and everybody, the smell of constantly putting other people down. It stinks and demons love it. And see, when, when we put off that smell, it's not going to take them long to find it. They are going to be attracted to it. They're going to come uh, after you. I... Uh, I'm not a hunter, okay? I know I sound like I should hunt, but I don't hunt. Uh, so Heather's grandfather, uh, her grandpa Clevin, he hunts all the time. So years ago, I, I wanted him to, Stephen got into this thing. I don't think he doesn't really care about hunting now, but when he was little, he thought he wanted to kill a deer. And so, what was he, nine, ten? And... Uh, so I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do to take him hunting, so I go to Mr. Clevin's house. And uh, I said, hey, take Stephen with you because he hunts all this farmland and he has a tree stand that can fit like three people. So him and Stephen are going to get in that tree stand. And uh, um, he, the one time he took me in that tree stand, I fell asleep. So he, this time he's not letting me go. I'm going to be in a separate stand. And um, I'm supposed to just basically, after I hear him shoot the deer, go get him. But he says, well, if you're, you're going to be out there, you need to have a gun. So I said, well, I've never even, I've never shot a rifle looking through a scope. I mean, I've shot all kinds of different firearms and I've shot some rifles, but I've never, never zeroed in a scope or anything. And he says, well, well, I got a gun and you can do it. I said, why don't you zero it in for me? He said, no, you're going to do it. So he teaches me to zero in a scope. And I never, it never got zeroed in. It was just kind of. It was there. 
And uh, he puts me in the worst stand that there was because I could literally reach behind me and touch a guy's barn. I was basically in somebody's backyard. And the truck's there beside me, and he says, hey, just look out over that bean field. Anything's taller than the bean, shoot it. We'll be over here, and I'll call you. And that was it. That was my only instructions. So I'm sitting there, you know, playing on my phone and not doing anything. And all of a sudden, I see deer in this field. So I'm looking at them through the scope. I'm not sure what to do. And I just start shooting. And I shoot, and I reload, and I look, and there, I still see deer, so I keep shooting until I don't see any deer. I shot three times. And uh, I didn't know what to do next because I'm not a hunter, so I called my cousin who hunts. I got a cousin who does everything. And I said, hey, I'm in a tree stand. You're where? I said, I'm in a tree stand. I'm, I'm deer hunting. And he starts laughing. And I said, I'm serious. I'm deer hunting. I said, and some deer just came out, and I shot at them. He said, well, did you hit any of them? I said, I don't know. I just kept shooting until I didn't see any more deer. And he said, well, did, what, you don't know if you hit them. How do you not know? I said, I don't know. I'm still in the tree stand. What do I do next? He said, get down, dummy. Go see if you hit anything. I said, well, I thought when you were deer hunting, you were supposed to stay in the stand so you didn't get shot by other deer hunters. He's like, you're, just go check and see what's going on. So I go down. And I call him back. I said, hey, there's dead deer laying all over this field. What am I supposed to do? He said, well, you get them out of the field. I said, I, cannot get the, I can't get these deer out of this field. And uh, I have no clue how I hit these deer, but I did somehow. But uh, so I had to go back and get Heather's grandfather to help me. He couldn't believe that I had shot a deer because he thought that I was scaring them all away, just shooting it. I don't know what he thought I was doing. So we get back to get the deer. Maybe 15 minutes has passed. And so I put a rope around this deer to drag it out of this bean field. And as soon as I moved the deer, it was this horrible smell. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is that smell? And uh, he said, oh, scavengers got to your deer. It's been like 15 minutes. I said, what do you mean scavengers got to this deer? He said, oh, it doesn't take them long. And he said, well, usually... When they find now he that's what he told me. I'm not a hunter, so he said usually when they find it, the first thing they go for is the rear end on the deer. And he said he said I don't know if it's like the easiest place to get a quick meal or what you know with them. He says but they'll gnaw on the rear end of that deer, and he said something's got the rear end of your deer, and that's what that smell is that you're smelling now. And I'm like I, I couldn't believe it. It couldn't have been over 15 minutes because it was still, it wasn't even at the edge of dark yet. This happened fast. And see, that's what happens in people's lives. They don't understand that when you have, you're not giving off the fragrance of Christ and you're giving off the fragrance of death and the world and garbage that it's going to attract these scavengers, which are demons, and they're going to go after the very area, the easiest area for them to access, which is usually the smelliest area of your life. And then we say, people start making it worse because they say, well, why do all these bad things keep happening to me? Nothing ever goes my way. Nothing ever goes right for me. I just don't know why. I just don't know what's going wrong. It's because we stink and demons love it. They're coming after it. We have to stop giving in to the flesh. We have to stop giving in to our emotions and realize that we're in a spiritual battle. And even though it was only 15 minutes, I don't know how many scavengers were there, but the longer that we would have left that, those deer unattended, the more scavengers would have showed up. I had to 
I had to get a dead animal out, of, out from under a house one time. This is a, a, the funnest part of being an exterminator has to be. Not really. It was July. Got a call. I was just the lucky one that got sent out there. It was an old farmhouse. And uh, they had something dead under the house, which you didn't have to ask what the problem was when you got there. The whole house was just rotten. And so I had to go under this house in July again. Let me, did I mention it was July? And find this rotten carcass under this house. And uh, so I got on the respirator. I get under there. It smells worse in the house than it does under the house. Under the house, and lucky me, all the insulation was down everywhere. So it was like it was blocking off the smell. It was filtering out the smell or something. So... I was looking, I'm sweating every few minutes. I've taken my respirator off, taking in a big breath. I can't smell anything. Like, man, that thing smells so bad in the house, it's gotta be under here. And so uh, I've had about all I can take. I'm getting frustrated. I got frustrated a lot easier when I was younger than I do now. Maybe Heather. <laughs> You'll have to ask Heather about that. But luckily, uh, old farmhouses usually have a lot of crawl doors. And so I come up on this crawler, and I'm like, I've got to take a break. Now, I couldn't smell it. I couldn't find it yet. And uh, I jerk the door open, and a swarm of flies come in that door. I don't know how many flies it was. They just flew. I just followed the flies. They led me right to it. And once I got around this corner of insulation that was down everywhere, the smell was so bad, I almost got sick before I could get that thing out and buried I almost got sick a couple times while I was burying it. It was rotten. It was there the whole time. I didn't know it was there, but they did. And they just kept on and on and on, and they were just waiting for the door to be opened. See, there's a lot of people when stuff happens to them, I don't know how this happened. I don't know why the whole thing. Why does this keep happening to me? And something's been there decaying for years. Something's been there that you haven't dealt with, that you should have known was not giving off the fragrance of Christ, that you should have known was nothing but trouble, and all the enemy's waiting for is for a door to be opened. And I don't know if you know this or not, but a lot of times through our, through our ignorance, we're opening doors all the time. If it weren't for the grace of God and the protection of, of the Holy Spirit, the enemy would be attacking all of us all the time because none of us are perfect. But sometimes they've just been there all alone. They've been accumulating and then we do something crazy and open that door and here they come. And then we don't, under, I might should have turned that off. They don't, we just don't understand it. Why does this keep happening? Why is there a problem? We have to understand that this is a spiritual battle. I think I got it. See, our thoughts, our words, our attitudes, our actions... They're either releasing the power of God in our lives or they're going to release the power of the enemy. See, what's the smell, that smell this morning in your life? Do you have something that's been there for so long and, if you, and then you know that if you open up that door, it's how bad it's going to be? Why not take care of it? Why not start doing what the Word says? Why not give off the fragrance of Christ? See, what's that smell? Is it a sweet smell unto God or is it rot a rotten odor attracting every demon in your area? Because that's what it'll do. We have to stop saying, hey, this is just the way that I am. This is just uh, the way I was raised. This is just my personality. We have to stop doing that and start applying the Word of God to our lives and be renewed and be transformed and become what God wants us to be. 
There isn't a person in here today that would go, we'll say two months. There's no one in here that you would go two months without doing any kind of bathing or showering or, or, or cleaning of yourself at all. And then when somebody uh, asks, what's that smell? You would say, oh, that's just me. That's just the way that I am. This is just my smell. This is how I smell. This is just the odor that I, that I, that I give off. You wouldn't do that. See, but a lot of people, when you talk to a lot of people about their relationship with the Lord um, and about being a Christian, most of them are going to usually tell you what they don't do. Have you noticed that? They're going to say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't, whatever their list is, I don't cuss. I don't steal. I don't lie. I don't, whatever. I don't do this. I don't do that. Whatever's on their list, that's what they're going to say. Well, and uh, Heather and I actually say a lot when we're talking that it's, it's not about what we say no to. It's about saying yes to God. If your yes to God is as big as it should be, everything you say no to should say no to will take care of itself. But here's the point. When, when it comes to not going for two months without, uh, without washing and then saying something out like that, think about this. If you did do that, if you went two months... Would it really matter what you didn't do? Well, I mean, would you, you went two months. Would you say, well, I haven't been outside much. I haven't, I haven't really been playing in the dirt. I had not been sweating a lot. I haven't gone to the gym and worked out. I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot, but just kind of sit here. It wouldn't matter. Another list of I haven't done this and I had not done that. But even though you haven't done this and you haven't done that, guess what? You still stink and you probably need to wash well, you definitely do. See, but that's what a lot of people are spiritually. Oh, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't care what you haven't done. What have you been doing? What have you been doing to make sure that you're giving off the fragrance of Christ in your life? Have you been spending time in the Word? Have you been spending time in His presence? See, God's Word washes us. Spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, it's like putting on a sweet-smelling fragrance, a perfume, a deodorant, or whatever you want it would be. See, every person in here made sure that when you were coming to church today, that not only did you look all right before you came, but you did all that you could to make sure that you, you smelled all right. See, if we could all take a, a big, deep breath spiritually... What would our reaction be? What would it be to ourselves? We would be lifting our noses in the air saying, hmm, what's that, what's that smell? Or would we be putting our hands down real fast, covering, it with our, covering our nose with our hand and saying, what is that smell? See, would we be completely comfortable or would we be thinking, man, maybe I should have put some more deodorant on. Maybe I should have spent some more time in His presence this week. So we have to stop partnering with the enemy and the thoughts that he's trying to plant and start partnering with God and the truth of his word. I have another story. And this one hopefully won't get me in trouble, but you're going to have to give me just some grace on this story and I, I'm going to try to make it make sense to you as well. But, uh, and it's another bug story. I got a million bug stories. Uh, if you want to get some, have some crazy experiences, go be an exterminator. Right, Brian? Um, 
I had a guy, one of the guys when I was managing an office in Sanford, he came to me and he said, hey, I just sold a job at this, uh, this cheap hotel in Sanford, and I, um, I want you to go with me. I don't want to go by myself. I said, okay, what's the deal? He said, well, it's full of roaches. I said, okay. And uh, he said, but it's a, it's a, it, I did, <laughs> I didn't do it right. <laughs> he said, it's, it's a motel that you can, uh, the rates are so cheap that there's some people that live there instead of a, an apartment and all. He said, but it's also, and he said, well, it's just one of those motels you can rent by the hour. I said, uh, I guess for whatever trouble you want to get into. I said, okay. So we went out there and we get there and this guy that's going to walk us around, it didn't take long to see that uh, he was different. And uh, he had an apartment that he lived in connected to the hotel and his apartment had more roaches than the hotel. It was obvious why there was a problem. And uh, he's walking us around this, like you could just picture... Whatever you've seen on a movie about one of these cheap hotels, you know, there's broken, bo there's broken bottles and stuff everywhere. This guy was walking us around barefoot, steps on glass, his toes bleeding. He's laughing about it. And I'm looking at the guy with me like, what have you got me into? And so we're walking around and he's the, the guy who sold the job is talking to him about the problems. And he's saying uh, uh, he starts getting into the whole thing about, yeah, I knew you had an infestation because I could smell it. And so... They're talking all about smells now. And I'm just kind of walking around not saying anything. And uh, just another, put, put a beautiful picture in your mind of how bad this hotel was. We, uh, is a hotel or motel when it's like that? Motel. Motel? Okay, well, you knew what I meant. So we're going this one room and uh, all the sheets, everything's stripped off the beds. This has been vacant, empty a while, I guess. And so the guy had gone on to open another room, and I, uh, the, the guy was with me, was Chad. I said, hey, Chad, watch this. And uh, I had no idea what was about to happen. I just wanted to see. I just sprayed down the seam of the mattress. And bed bugs took off running across the mattress. I didn't even know they were there. And I looked at him, and fear like hit both of us. I said, hey, don't lean on anything in these rooms. And we're going to have to be careful and check ourselves, check each other out when we leave here, make sure we don't have any hitchhikers. And so we go on to another room. And he says, hey, hold on. Somebody just rented this room for their lunch break. I got to knock and make sure nobody's in here. And I just wanted to get away from this place. And uh, he's banging on the door, toes bleeding. He, ain't, he didn't, still didn't go put on shoes. And uh, he's just walking around with his big toes stuck up in the air. And uh, so he says, okay, it's clear. We walk in the room and we start spraying around. And he walks in and he's real loud. And he says, oh, I know what that smell is, boys. And I'm like, what is this guy about to say? And uh, we're like, what? He says, that's the smell of sex and shame. And he just starts cackling, laughing. If you can try and picture what this guy looked like, you probably aren't even close. And so, uh, so now let me try and make this make sense. So like I just said, we need to stop partnering with the enemy and, and start partnering with God. So this illustration is a bit of a stretch, but I want you to just, when it comes to putting off the fragrance of Christ in your life, I want you to just see how serious it really is, okay? So give me a little leniency with this. So when we partner with God, we know that it will produce certain things in our lives. 
when we partner with the enemy, we know that it will produce bad things in our lives. Okay? So you could say that whichever one you choose to partner with, it's going to produce fruit. And if you're going to say it's going to produce fruit, you could say that it's going to, just, it's going to bring forth things in your lives. And if you're going to say it's going to bring forth things in your lives, another way to say it could even be that it's going to birth things in your lives, whichever one you partner with. So in order for something to be birthed, it has to be conceived. And in order for something to be conceived, there has to be relations. So the question is, what are we conceiving when we act or we speak out of anger or bitterness? When we speak out of envy or the orphan spirit or the victim mentality? See, every time we partner with the enemy, and we all, we all have done it, we all, nobody's perfect, we all have our moments. Every time we partner with the enemy, in a sense, you're having spiritual relations. That's the part I need your leniency with. I know it's a stretch. But see, what happens is a lot of Christians are doing this, and then they keep wondering why they're having the issues that they're having. If we could use our spiritual noses today, would we be like that crazy guy at the hotel? Would we be saying, oh, I know what that smell is? See, we aren't meant to smell like the enemy in shame. But there's a lot of people, you can see it all over them. They're carrying it with them every day. We're meant to smell like Jesus. We're meant to smell like the Savior. We're meant to smell like the lover of our souls. So we are to be the sweet smell of Christ unto God. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, what's that smell? What, what, what have we been partnering with by the odor that we're giving off spiritually? Do we smell like the flesh or do we smell like the Spirit? Do we smell like the enemy in shame or do we smell like Jesus? See, I want to smell like Jesus. I don't think there's anybody in here that would say they want to smell like the enemy in shame, even though all of us have from time to time. See, it's important the way that we think. It's important the way that we act. It's important the words that we say. Because when you, when you think about it from a spiritual standpoint, you just, you just start to realize more and more the battle that is going on for each and every one of us, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our neighborhoods, for the world. It's important. Go ahead and stand with me. We talk a lot about partnering with God. We talk a lot about doing amazing things for the kingdom. But sometimes I don't think we understand how serious it is when we choose not to partner with God. It's going to be one or the other. I want to, those things to be birthed in my life that God wants birthed in my life. I don't want the things that the enemy wants in my life. And when you think about it, like I said, I know that was kind of a, that was kind of a rough analogy, a rough story to to get, but at the same time, it's still true. It's still true. It's that important. And the decisions we make are that powerful when they have those kind of consequences to carry those, uh, that in the heavenlies. What smell are we giving off unto God? And so we're just going to go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Lord, I just thank you for your presence today, God. Lord, I just pray your blessings upon every person, God, that we would give off the fragrance of Christ in all that we do.
Lord, I just, we just repent right now for those times that we didn't realize how serious our actions or our words or even our thoughts were, Lord, when we partnered with the enemy. God, Lord, we just tear down all the plans that he has for things for us to conceive in our lives, God, and we just want to partner with you, and we want to birth those things into existence that you have for us, God. Good things, Lord, purpose and hope and and a, and a bright future and blessings and breakthrough, God. Lord, help us to be that sweet fragrance. Lord, we pray for faith, and we pray that you would touch her body. Lord, that you would bless her and John. And God, we pray for uh, Jill and Brian as they're traveling home today. Lord, that you would just be with them and give them favor and safe travels. And Lord, we pray for every person in here, God. Lord, that we would just take a giant step towards you like never before. Lord, that we would we would use the word to to wash us, Lord, and to cleanse us, Lord, and to renew our minds, Lord, and that we would spend time in prayer and worship, God, and that we would just we would just be what we were created to be. Lord, that we would just give off that fragrance of Christ every day in all that we do. Lord, and that we would we would also just know how serious things are to to stop the enemy before he tricks us with his schemes. God, and to always choose to partner with you and we give you the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.